Hello and welcome to the second episode of the EduTechMe podcast. For educators and others interested in AI and other new techs, their impact on education, our classrooms, how we work and how we live. In this episode, we're discussing if I can be sentient and what would this mean to us if it did become sentient. The introductions, the blurb at the end of the podcast and the music used in this introduction are all created using AI. So welcome back to the Edutech Me podcast. Really lovely hanging out with Carrie, Shaki, and Suzette talking AI. And um, this week, I really was interested about like, what point do we actually think that AI is sentient? When does it actually genuinely thinking like a human or frankly beyond? I kind of wonder, like, it's almost philosophical, I suppose, Shaki, isn't it? Well, it is philosophical and it's one of the challenges that people will have because one of the fears of AI is that... Uh, yeah, eventually it will overtake us and we must maintain that it's, it is a tool that we use. I mean, if anyone has watched the show 100, uh, that would be the ultimate fear for AI. And um, so, yeah, no, it's a very good question. Well, actually gets me thinking, um, especially when you talk about the, I do know the show uh, 100, my wife loved it. Uh, the, um, I did too. In terms of wearable tech, it's no longer about the clothes. There are people who are genuinely embedding <laughs> technology into themselves it's a real thing uh i don't think I'll, I'll go quite that far but it still uh, begs the question though define when is an intelligence well sentient like when does it know it's real and i think they call this a singularity is that right suzette look yeah exactly so i mean ultimately what we're debating at the moment is two really two things when is it sentient and when is it self-aware which yeah. are not necessarily the same thing um because you know what one of them is you were talking about you know when is it mimicking human um behavior and human learning well we're already there um, there's a lot of ai available um we talked on the last episode about ai that can write like a human well it actually learns like a human because it's a natural language processing ai and what that means in real terms means it reads and well, it actually understands language pretty much and learns language the same way as we do a little bit different but in essence the same but the second thing though self-aware that's another level and i think we're definitely not there um if we ever get there i think it's still it's 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 case of science fiction i'm currently watching a show at the moment called another life where you know there's some things in that um you know they've, there's a, they've got an ai integrated into the ship for instance, and the, the, the lead character interacts with that person as if they're a member of the crew. Are we going to get to that kind of situation where we're interacting with AIs as if they're digital staff members or digital um, classroom, you know, in our classroom, for instance? I think so. Yeah, mm. actually, I mean, there'll be people listening and going, I remember Knight Rider. And I was one of that black car. It talked to me. <laughs> Definitely, did. it's the same thing for sure. I mean, it actually, gets me thinking though, Carrie. I mean, like when you think about what happens in the classroom, you have classroom buddies, and mm. they talk to each other and they make stuff happen. But if AI is sentient, let alone the software thing, but if it's sentient and it can actually act with you all the way, does that mean that we could potentially have AI buddies in the classroom? Well, we could, and I've just gone directly to. Um, diverse learning needs and how the tools, uh, the AI tools could be used to enhance the learning of our very different style of learning. Our kids who um, have language uh, differences, 
who uh, comprehend differently, but they they doesn't stop their learning. Um, there's there could be huge amounts. I mean, just look what cochlear implants have done. If mm. we use that as um, a case, uh, as as a small case study, now could you imagine? Um, and you you just you just have to look at the the looks on the babies or the children's faces when they have those implants put in and they hear for the first time. Um, there could be some amazing benefits for our diverse learners. Uh, and it wouldn't stop. I mean, uh, there are, I know we're, I'm going to talk about ro particular robots that are used in Japan and Korea in restaurants that serve people, but they are linked to um, people with disability, diverse learning mm -hmm. and uh, diverse lifestyles um, that are still able to contribute because their bodies can't function. It doesn't stop their minds. And that it's used as a tool. So I think I think the possibilities are amazing. And, uh, you know, getting anyone into outer space, the love of fantasy and science fiction at the moment, I mean, it's all possible. And I'd have to assume, Suzette, tell me if I'm wrong, that there would be huge think tanks around the world and laboratories where, and, uh, where all these things are being... Um, tested out, being developed, tried, funded. <laughs> We're at a point in history now where the probably the biggest limitation is our own ability to actually think about it mm. and to think it up. Uh, we, you know, the technology is at a point now where most things are possible, maybe not probable in the short term, but definitely possible. Mm. Uh, but for the most part, us as humans actually have to catch up and actually get comfortable with the change and start to be thinking of the vision, you know, being visionary around what we can do with this technology and how we can implement it. Because like, you know, I mentioned in the first, the first episode, the last episode was, you know, this is still a tool and like sort of a, a hammer, you know, you um, bashing in a nail in a, in a fence, uh, you can do it, you can use it well, or you can, you could be using the, the other end of it and, and not being particularly using it well. Mm. So, you know, we have to learn um, what's, possible and start to imagine that and then look at what technology can help do to help us because i think we're at a beautiful period of time where really anything's possible 100 percent. and i actually think about uh, innovation being uh, famously described as the intersection between two ideas and uh, something new coming out. It makes me think about, especially Shaki, with your background with business and all the things that you get up to. I mean, I know you would have seen innovation 100% multiple times over the years uh, with two different ideas. It makes me think about what would happen if you combine AIs because they right now they, 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 they do their thing. But imagine if they start overlapping over the top of each other and effectively becoming, like the title of this particular episode, is AI sentient. I believe sentience also comes with multiple intelligences. Well, I think you'll get to a situation where one plus one equals three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and just picking up on uh, Carrie's earlier point about, um, you know, robots in Japan and Korea and whatever. And, and I'm speaking from a level of ignorance here, but could you imagine if uh, a sentient AI product could work well with an autistic child, for example? Yeah. It could open up their world. Uh, you know, where they're very closed in at the moment, not interacting well with other human beings. But this, what a great introduction to interacting, interacting with other human beings, if AI could actually fulfill that role. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. 
Hundred percent. I mean, I actually know uh, as a distance educator um, that uh, a lot of kids actually interact better uh, through yeah. the screen than they do to a human. And um, there's been a lot of uh, work being done towards that with um, you know robotic buddies as well. And Carrie, I mean, you would have seen this a little bit, I suspect, to it in your years in education. Well, um, one of the things that has just recently come to my notice is that there's there's more and more apps now that are moving into being able to act as a coaching app for you with EI, emotional mm. intelligence basis in it. Uh, so the EI and the AI are, be, are working together, uh, you know, for really great benefit. Um, I know one of the things that keeps coming up, though, when you talk to people, and I tested this out recently with um, a number of my our children are teachers. So we're, we're in a family of, of educators. And um, I actually put this to one of my boys. He's, he's about 33. He's an assistant principal um, at the moment in a primary school in Sydney. And I said to him, you know, what would it mean if you had some um, access to some AI that would help with um, communication, communication tools? even writing reports, um, doing things like that. And he said, oh, he said, I'm not quite sure at the moment. He said, I'd still want that notion of how well as a teacher I know that student and how they're learning and how they're, you know, how they're um, uh, able to make sense of, you know, the lesson and then apply it into, into life. And um, he really made me think and I thought we still have to talk more about what we're worried about around this um, and what we're fearful of. Uh, so I think the discussion that we're having today is spot on. And for every other episode that we're going to be doing, um, it, it we'd be happy to be challenged on this as well. Carrie, um, I had a thought of how you might have responded to your good son. <laughs> they are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I said to him, "Are you sure? Are you sure that you you this is this is the way you're looking at it now?" I said, "Do we need to take the blinkers off?" Oh, mom! <laughs> well, it gets me thinking about. Um, you mentioned AI. That is an interesting thing to code because who's defining what's an emotion? Uh, and I, I mean, there's I facial know. expressions, there's voice, there's voice inflection, there's all those things that the the computer, the AI, has to interpret. Uh, makes it it's quite a challenging uh, piece to create i mean i'm just wondering suzette in your travels especially in ai land uh have you seen anything out that is in remotely close to be able to uh, that can handle emotions and interpreting it look we're, we're getting there i mean at the moment the ai um for the most part ultimately with all of these sort of things it's mimicking behavior so yes it can absolutely mimic behavior um ai uh there's some of the natural language processing ais can actually lie um oh. so and you actually have to instruct them to be truthful um so there's you know it, this is a form of sentience in in in, in a form of way but interestingly circling, circling back to what you asked before about ben about putting two ais together it's actually been done awesome um facebook actually did this uh in around 2017 put alice and bob two AIs that they put together, they had to actually pull the plug on the uh, pro um, the program or the, the actual research because the two AIs started to develop their own language. Yeah, and I remember hearing about this. Wow. I do remember this. Mm. 
So they actually um, expand because they there was no incentive for them to actually stick with familiar grammar. They actually started to um, optimize language for them to be able to talk to each other to the point where the language actually became indecipherable to us as humans because it wasn't written for us. And so in some ways, that's a form of sentience as well. Uh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I just realized uh, I interrupted, but my gosh, doesn't that make me think about the SETI program? <laughs> Trying to interpret <laughs> like, a, you know, intelligence that might not be of this world. Well, we effectively in that, uh, that project effectively went down that route very, very quickly. And whoa, that's a wild uh, concept. Yeah, yeah, it is wild. So exciting, it's exciting, but wild. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, so this is ultimately, you know, where I come back to that whole, we're only limited by our imagination, because ultimately two people decided to, as you said, put two AIs together and see what happened. And if you do it again, the next time it may actually come out with a different result, just saying there's two different two humans learning. But at the same time, you know, this can feel scary, you know, two AIs have now developed their own language. But coming back to what you were saying, Shaggy, about the aspect of, you know, working with autistic, for instance, well, the same concept can actually happen where they could learn a language that relates to a, an area of us as humans that we as humans can't work out very well, autistic being a particularly big one, for instance, mm -hmm. um, and that side of it. I just had an instant thought about twins. Uh, when twins are uh, uh, born, they, there is actually a language between them that that develops. So I'm sure that there are plenty of studies, and it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of those studies are used for um, for for actually um, the sociological side of side of things as well. Because that that would be one of the arguments around um, AI would be, you know, is it socially adept and emotionally adept or Will it mar? And if um, I think they're all, all areas that we can, we can explore. Uh, interesting. Just a that's a thought tangent that I went on, and I'm sure other people. I'm no different to a lot of other people going. Well, what if? What if this? What if this? What if this? So that's where that's where our episodes are going to be so interesting. Hundred well, percent. This goes back to an earlier point. Sorry, Ben, uh, about uh, what Suzette said about there's going to be good AI and bad AI mm. to use those two broad terms, and it's really d d dependent on us participants to produce the right AI. Oh, absolutely, and that actually reminds me of the role playing game. Do I make a chaotic good? Do I make a neutral good character? Do I make a chaotic? evil character i don't know maybe not but i must say this is a really interesting concept so if you're listening on into this please drop a, a comment in, into the show notes we'd love to know what you think and uh if if uh, uh yeah choose through an email i'd love to know uh what are your thoughts is ai sentient should it be sentient would love to know your thoughts you've been listening to the edgy tech me podcast thanks for listening to this edgy tech podcast episode we really hope you enjoyed it you can find more engaging episodes at edutech.me on how AI is changing our lives, our classrooms and how we work. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode.